The Fred Minnick Show is brought to you by Michter's American Whiskies and by 291 Colorado Whiskey. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Fred Minnick Show. This week, I've got a good friend on the show, Steve Zabin. Steve Zabin, whom you might know from radio in the Washington, D.C. or Wisconsin area. He used to have a national, uh, he's had a couple of national shows, but he's my absolute favorite uh, sports broadcaster. We became friends along the way. I've been a guest on his show several times, but I had him in the Rick House. He's got me branding my office as the Rick House, a special Rick House studio. So <laughs> you got him and uh, we're drinking some whiskey together and talking about sports media. And we kind of go off on a guy named Skip Bayless. So if you're into sports, you're going to love this episode. So giddy up. But first, a word from our sponsors. People want a great whiskey that isn't like every other whiskey. So nestled in the shadow of Pikes Peak, 291 Colorado whiskey is distilled from grain to barrel to bottle. Exceptional Western whiskey, unlike any other. Passion permeates every sip. Utilizing grains from the Colorado Plains, water collected from Pikes Peak Reservoirs, and finished with Aspen Staves, 291 Colorado Whiskey is an award-winning single barrel and small batch whiskey. Hard made the Colorado way. Our recipe, our stills, independent and always rugged, refined, and rebellious. 291 Colorado Whiskey is proud of its humble roots and excited as we expand to new frontiers. Get your taste of Colorado at 291ColoradoWhiskey.com. Online orders available or find a bottle near you. Ride it like you stole it. Drink it like you own it. Live fast. Drink responsibly. At Michter's Distillery, our passion is making the finest bourbon, rye, and American whiskey possible. When you only produce very small batch and single barrel whiskey as we do, each and every barrel has to be perfect. No detail is too small for our production team. From careful attention to the 18-month or more air-dried wood used in the construction of our barrels, to entering our distillate into the barrel at the costlier or lower barrel entry proof of 103 so that it's smoother, to heat cycling our barrel houses, to our signature filtration protocol, we spare no expense in pursuing our goal of making the greatest American whiskey. And no Michter's gets bottled until our master distiller Dan McKee and our master of maturation Andrea Wilson say it's just right. Michter's Fort Nelson Distillery in downtown Louisville, Kentucky is open for tours and tastings. Book your visit on our website and stop by the bar at Fort Nelson for a world-class cocktail. For more information, follow us on social media at Michter's Whiskey, go to michters.com, or visit your favorite bartender. Michter's Distillery. It's all about the whiskey. And joining the Fred Minnick Show, someone I'm a big fan of, Steve Zabin. What's up, my brother? It is great to be in the Minnick Cave. Do you have a nickname <laughs> for this place? Uh, no, just the studio, I guess. I think, I think you need a nickname right, for well, it. I'll... Or sell it to somebody. Ooh. Sell it you... to the highest bidder. Oh, you're talking. You see, this your old school radio, and I notice like everything is sponsored by. When you, oh, you gotta, yeah. You know, <laughs> if it's not gonna make money, why do it? <laughs> Right? It's like you're calling on the Fresh Take hotlines, you know, say five dollars. You know, but does it does that get old though? Do you get tired of it? Well, I mean, you can overdo it. Let's put yeah. it that way. You could definitely overdo it. But I think this special studio, which has an unbelievable array of bourbons, needs a name. But we'll let it soak. Okay. All right. Well, I tell you what. Like, I'm not really good with coming up with my own names for my stuff. 
So I'll let you do the honor of naming it at whatever point you want. As long as it's not like, you know, McBooger face. Remember the- something like the bunghole. I'm here in the bunghole. It's a, it's a bourbon term. <laughs> I like. All right, well, we're probably not the right term. I, for no, it, I do like it. I do like it. Is there I, another bourbon term that could be used? That's not. Uh, good, so. That's not the bunghole. Uh, maybe the cistern room. That's possibly. What, does that sound good? Yeah. Um, Rick House warehouse overused probably. Rick, yeah, I like the Rick House though. This is kind of a Rick House. I mean, you got all these bottles in here, mm-hmm. and is it just me or I'm nervous they could fall off the shelves? And there's a, there are a couple uh, shelves that are waning a little bit. Might need some reinforcement. <laughs> exactly. But uh, oh well, uh, you live dangerously. I like. I've it. I've kind of also wondered like what's it gonna what's my face gonna be like if one like collapses in the middle of a show. No. So I wanna I'm like living for that moment. Are there the edge. earthquakes? God forbid here. Um, in- Louisville, no. Kentucky. Knock no, on wood. Knock on wood. No. Okay. No. Because a good earthquake would bring it all pretty much to the ground. Yeah, I have a friend uh, in D.C. They, when you all have earthquakes over there, we we've only had a couple, but when we've had them, it's like, whoa, what the hell is that? Yeah, it it tears them up. Like yeah. he has like he has bands. Uh, not he has those little uh, elastic little bands. Yeah. Because that way it can like move a little oh. bit and like the whiskey won't pop out so oh, wow okay yeah well, there you go so speaking of whiskey i selected three uh fun things for us to taste one has a sports connection bell floor oh my god that's named after uh, or it's owned by the uh the hockey Belfour, player yes ed Belfour. yeah goaltender he, he was the um he's a, a whiskey maker now and oh that is god. the this is a stanley super cup. sexy bottle it's pretty cool that is pretty cool now can you buy this now yeah yeah it's available now how much uh, is it i think he's asking 150 for it that's not bad yeah that's really cool okay all right ed Belfour's straight rye whiskey mm-hmm. and Spirit that of champions and ed's been in trouble lately he got himself uh did did did, did, the, did the nhl come after him like hey this is too close to the stanley cup or no not that i not that i know okay. of. but he got in trouble he got arrested yeah he got arrested he drank too much one night at a hotel yeah. and, you usually you know. how to the start of those stories at, yeah. at work All right, I'm up and then uh a little doc swinson's here okay now, doc swinson's is one of these uh uh really uh really crazy nice. sought after it's kind of developed its own little cult following but it is a 15-year-old. Doc Swinson's. Now, I notice the blue wax seal. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I yep. was told that Maker's Mark has very strict copyright on the red wax seal. That's exactly right. And so they have the they have the trademark on the, the dripping of it, which they call the dressing. Okay. And then they have the trademark of it being red. And then we have an old Fitzgerald bottle to bond, an eight-year-old. This right here is uh, up for my whiskey of the year for 2021. And are all these easily gettable, or are these rares? These are all rare. These I'm, are all rare. I'm okay. not. I mean, you look when we're when the camera's not on. I'm giving you shelf turds. Well, that's fine. But, I don't care. When, I just but when we're you know? when the camera's on, I, you know, I got to give it to you good. That's good. Actually, like no, that. I gave you something pretty special earlier. Yes, you did. Absolutely. Wow, that thing is heavy, huh? It is, yeah. Is that I pewter? Like it's, it's not like plastic. It's yeah. it's actually metal. Yeah, I think that's pewter. Oh, there we go. 
whack somebody in the head with that. All right, so these are th are three your favorites, or you know, these are just three things that I I pulled off the okay. shelf. Uh, but the, this old fits here is one of my favorites for 2021 so far. And by the way, Zabe, you get a special uh, a special me. I'm not a not, I'm not an ascot today. I was gonna say you're casual. You're Saturday casual today. I like that. Okay. Starting with the bell, bell floor. floor first, then old fits, mm -hmm. and then the uh, the Doc Swinson's. Doc Swinson. That sounds like a, the dude should be in Deadwood. Oh, Doc Swinson. Yeah. Did you watch Deadwood? I did. Yeah. God damn. And actually, it was because of you. I ended up watching the the movie, which was one of the most disappointing things I've ever seen in my life. It's not good. The movie is is ooh that's ooh that's tasty. Yeah. And Belfour. Good net minder, and you got a good whiskey on your hand as well. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. It's got a real uh, kind of tangy, tangy smell there. <laughs> I'm working on the Kentucky Chew, as you call it, where you just kind of give your whiskey a, a chomp or two to get it all through your mouth. Mm. Okay, I like that. It starts out sort of innocently... But then comes on at the end as a nice kind of exciting finish. At least that's what my mouth tasted. Who knows if that's real? You know, there is a big old uh, maple syrup note there on the finish for me. So How did you get your ability to taste flavors? Uh, it it started with my with my recovery from uh, Iraq. I'm in PTSD. I was in therapy, and uh, they they asked uh, my therapist was uh, said you know one of my big things was I had like issues with you know I'd get triggered by like smells smells uh, sites like anti-war signs like I mean I would just I would go from zero to sixty in like an anger kind of thing really fast which you know a, a, a veteran therapist will sees that as like this guy's gonna be homeless or in jail or something soon. Right. So she offered this technique called mindfulness for me. And she said, put a barbecue uh, potato chip on your mouth and chew it around and see how it feels on your tongue and think about the, the texture of it. Think about how it's hitting your tongue and all these things. And it'll take your mind off of whatever is bothering you. Interesting. And uh, there's a whole technique of mindful eating and everything. I've heard of that. And, I don't uh, practice it, Sam. Well, you know the but eating part. <laughs> the, the eating part, I'm not so yeah. uh, good at. Like I'll, I'll, you know, destroy some pizza. But when it comes to the, when it comes to the, I was able to apply that technique into into whiskey, into wine, and really it, it created my career. So that's great. Uh, the tasting side of it. <clears throat> so here we mm. are with the old fits. I like it. It's another one that's a little bit. A little bit different taste, a little bit livelier. How do people improve their, aside from the potato chip trick, should you take like, mm -hmm. is there a kit that would say, smell this, it's cinnamon. Smell yeah. this, it's whatever. And mm -hmm. then you train yourself. It's like training to smell smells. Yeah, uh, I have a couple of those kits. Oh, really? um, and I used to go and uh, I used to buy, um, I used to buy like, uh, scents like at the stores like you go and like get like paprika uh, and I'd buy all of these spices and you can smell it um, and there was essential oils that you could buy 
And like, if you go, if you live in a town that has a hippie store, I call them hippie stores, and they have like patchouli and stuff. <laughs> those places are gold. Okay. You could find all, all kinds, kinds of, of stuff. Sense of the stuff that would be exactly. In a bourbon but you don't want to buy like the candles the people the the scents for candles okay those are all synthetic you know oh, okay you know so you want to go with like the well the base but you can train yourself to smell but people forget that you know the other part is tasting and the most important part of learning how to taste is understanding where it's hitting your tongue so on the tip of your tongue is where you're getting the sweet stuff and the middle is the savory and the back is where you're going to get uh, the spice. And the bitterness will fall in between like the middle and the back palate and uh, on the sides. And if you taste a lot of bitterness, it means you're probably a super taster. Like there's a gene that one of four people have that allows them to taste things that other people can't. Really? And, Interesting. Um, and like it's, it's difficult to spot it in, in spirit sometimes. But so my going back to these two, I would ask you if we were if we're in the uh, Zabe train your palate moment, let's uh, taste uh, taste the Old Forester again and tell me what's the most prominent Old Fitzgerald, not Old Forester. Yeah. What's the most prominent spot it's hitting on your tongue? Okay, let me give it one more taste. Let me think about where it's hitting me on my tongue. I don't know. I wish I knew where it was on my tongue. I felt it more in the palate of my roof oh. than on my tongue. It's you know this is everywhere. This is a this is a gorgeous whiskey. Old Fitzgerald. Yeah, the eight year the eight year bottle and bond uh, spring twenty one release. Who makes it? This is a Heaven Hill product. Okay. The more I taste it, the more I'm falling in love with it. And the brand has been around Old Fitzgerald for how long? Uh, it's been around for a while. Um, this used to be a Pappy Van Winkle brand ah. uh, when he had Sitzweller. I think you all are going to Sitzweller next. We are, yes. Yeah, so this was originally there, um, but you know they don't make it there anymore. But it's uh, there's no new Pappy Van Winkle being made, right? Uh, not so they make Pappy Van Winkle a Buffalo Trace now. So like all of uh, Weller and Pappy Van Winkle are basically the same okay. recipe. But, so they make it all at Buffalo Trace. Stitzel Weller, which was the original home of Pappy, you know, it started on Derby Day, nineteen thirty-five. Uh, they didn't, um, you know, they sold in nineteen seventy-two. The Van Winkle family did, and then the then parent company United Distillers sold it uh, in nineteen ninety-four. To uh, or actually, they just stopped using it. They didn't sell it. They sold off their brand. So okay. they sold off like Old Fitzgerald Weller. All these throughout the 90s, and they just stopped uh, making whiskey there. All right, I'm going to go to the Doc Stinson. Doc Swinson. Swinson. Would have been on Deadwood. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Here we go. Ooh. Tastes um, bolder. A little bit more full of flavor. Might be that uh, 118 proof talking to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> kind of sense that. What's the highest proof you can have? Well, you know, you can get a lot higher proof in like rums and uh, and Irish whiskeys. Uh, but in bourbon, but what's in, typically in, the highest? In bourbon, the highest you really see is 140. Okay. I mean, you theoretically... 
So if as you may recall from the definition of, of what bourbon is, it can't go any higher into the barrel at any higher than 125 proof. Okay. But what happens is the water will evaporate while it's in the barrel, depending on where it's stored in the warehouse, and the and proof it, will go up. Right. And uh, you don't really see it vary too far out of like 130. Like you, 130 to 135 proof is usually um, is usually the max it'll get. But occasionally you will see uh, 100, 140 proof. I I have heard of like 150 and 160 proof, but I've I've never seen it bottled. But I've I've heard it coming out of the barrel like that. Wow, but it, screaming but it's, uh, hot! It it really is. But <laughs> and you know. And what it comes down to is like people, that that high proof is really hard to keep in the bottle. So, like it could just be sitting in the store one day and pop, it'll pop out. Really? Yeah. So they have to have like special kind of uh, strategies to close that bottle. Oh my god! So it's when you get really high in proof, it's nuts. Okay, let's go back to the um, let's go back to the Belfour. Belfour. Okay. We're gonna do another lap through. Yeah, and we're going to choose our winner. Okay. Oh, all right. I didn't know we were into choosing a winner. All right, here we go. Yeah, that maple. Like maple and pecans. Like, this is like a... This is like having a, a really good Vermont breakfast. I don't know why Vermont. I said Vermont. I guess because of the maple. Yeah, yeah. Vermont maple syrup. Okay. All right. Do you taste the maple? I can taste it now, now that you mention it. For sure. Now, what's a note that you taste in there? I mean, kind of maple, but again, this is like, I was thinking about the analogy of somebody who likes bourbon but doesn't really have mm -hmm. the ability to taste specific notes or, or whatnot. I was watching a soccer game mm -hmm. at the bar last night in Bardstown. It was an MLS soccer game, right? And all I could think about was, okay, this is soccer, but it's American <laughs> soccer, so I know it's crap. <laughs> I know it's not on the same level as Premier League or Bundesliga right, or right. La Liga, all the real high-level leagues. Yep. And yet, even though I'm a sports fan and I know a little bit about soccer, I'm not sure I could distinguish watching the game mm. how and why it wasn't meeting up with your higher league standards. Mm -hmm. And I thought that must be similar in a way to bourbon in that you may like soccer, you may watch soccer, but you can't distinguish per se what's the difference. You know, once you get to a certain level in any endeavor in life, it's harder to tell what's the best and what's not quite the best. Right. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like if I'm watching a golfer, I know golf. I could see a guy playing golf who's a scratch player mm -hmm. who hits the ball a mile it has got great touch around the greens. And if I didn't know any better, I'd say, why aren't you on the PGA Tour? Mm -hmm. And the answer is because I know that last one-tenth of 1% that separates them from the Tour. And I would imagine with bourbons, you've now come to a point where you can discern that one-tenth of 1% difference. Yeah. that is it, A lot of work and training has gone into drinking bourbon. <laughs> exactly. It's all, it's all work. I can't believe the number of samples you have in boxes. <laughs> that it's your job to to drink and taste and yeah. put a grade on. Are you putting a grade on those samples? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you grade? What's the system? Uh, so it's uh, one to five points. It's, it's a hundred point system okay. that, that basically grades uh, color, uh, uh, aroma, okay. taste, and finish. 
Okay. And the taste is the highest portion of the of the score, followed by finish, aroma, and then color being last. Uh, but uh, you know, you get uh, you taste something, you're like, you know what? This is a C. This is a C student. You know. Right. And that's generally everything is usually at least it. If it's not like getting a seventy, um, it's just <laughs> you're just not there. It's just not there. Yeah. But most yeah. stuff is, is is drinkable. All right, we're going to the second one again. Second one, yeah. Which is Old Fitzgerald. And as we get into this, I want to talk to you a little bit about like the state of like sports media because yes, let's do it. It's fucking shit. <laughs> it it's, is so bad. It, well, it depends on where you go. That's for sure. I mean, there's. I think there's emerging sports media that has the opportunity to be really good quality and compelling, but I think it's all off of your traditional delivery platforms. You mm-hmm. know, I think podcasting is great because it allows you to give a completely unfiltered view, for the most part, of whatever it is you're talking about. Some leeway for expletives, some leeway to talk about things that would maybe otherwise get you canceled. Mm. But the problem is, even if you talk about something in your podcast, if you are getting a check from some traditional company, anything you say can and will be used against you with your regular employer. So you're still a bit curtailed in that regard. Yeah. But for those who have broken completely free and have built their own pirate ships, as Adam Carolla calls his podcast, mm-hmm. a pirate ship where it's like, hey, you know, fuck you. Arr, I'm a pirate. I can say whatever I want. Then you have total creative freedom. And I think people are finding those outlets more and more these days. Yeah. But otherwise, are you talking about the televised state of sports media? Because the stuff that is churned out by ESPN every day is so laughably bad. Yeah. I say to myself, who on earth watches this and thinks, yeah, Stephen A., that's a perfectly solid opinion. Yeah. Nobody with a brain. And the uh, the shouting, the original, the Skip Bayless yes. and Stephen A. Smith, that is kind of when I started, like, stop watching. Because I would get, like, I would get anxious watching them. Because, it, 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 it just, because of the vapidity of their arguments, how stupid they were. Well, Not it, that you were invested in. Oh, you've got to win this argument, Skip. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It was like, honestly, at any moment, I have always felt like Skip Bayless could just break down and cry. <laughs> at, at any moment when he's talking, that means he's a good actor, you know. And like, um, uh, Skip, mind you, I think that those guys are good at what they do. I just think the craft they're engaging in mm-hmm. is is completely non-nutritious for a thinking person. Yeah. They're, they're, they're putting on a show. Uh, they're doing, you know, I call, I jokingly call it facts versus volume. You know, mm-hmm. one guy has the facts. The other guy yells, who's going to win the argument? You know, the fact that around the horn assigns points to yeah. so-called individuals with their commentary is laughable on its face. Yeah. Because when we're sitting at the bar, you and I, and we're talking about whatever the latest Louisville game or Kentucky basketball, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we are arguing a bunch of nuance and we're kind of agreeing on certain points and we're looping back to go, okay, hold on a second. You said this. It's a more natural conversation. The stuff that they put on ESPN is not natural in any way. It's designed to be confrontational. It's designed to be your side, your side. Okay, battle it out. And that's not how life works. No. As we go to Old Fitzgerald. Old, no, wait, we did Old Fitz. I didn't. You went straight to it. Did I really? 
So I think I think I said, uh, yeah, you we know what? We need good old Fitz. Well, check the tape. Let's go to replay. Go to replay. <laughs> check the tape. No replay allowed said- <laughs> here in the uh, in the bunghole. Said- right. <laughs> in the Rick House. You'll get wrecked in the Rick House with all this <laughs> It's time to get wrecked in the Rick wrecked House. In the Fred Minnick Rick House. I got wrecked. All right, now that you mentioned it. I got wrecked Ooh. At yeah, I like that for merch. Yeah, okay. I think we're on the third one now. Yeah, we See, are. See, this is the thing. <laughs> you yeah. do these two laps through. Actually, we're, we're going to start a new segment over which one we're on and just yell at each other the whole time. Okay, I know what I like. There's Doc a- Stinson's definitely has a a little bit of heat to it. It's a little bit of a fastball in the outside corner. I like that. Um, you want to add some water to it? No, I don't know. Now, you, okay, you say adding, adding. No, I don't need to. Yep. You say adding water. The mm-hmm. one thing I've seen, I've seen it in multiple places. I was, I was at, uh, we were at. Justin's is it Justin's, Justin's House of Bourbon? Justin's yeah. House of Bourbon, mm-hmm. which is in downtown Louisville, and they have a, a pretty much a lot of bourbons you can't get. Right, and they're marked up because they are hard to find, and yep. that's capitalism, whatever. Um, I have no opinion on it either way, but in there there was a sign that said, "Enjoy your bourbon any way you like." with friends and i think it was like a one two three like how to enjoy your bourbon it was like three points mm-hmm. yep any way you like meaning if you want to mix it with something you can and i've heard that before from somewhere maybe it was you maybe it was some other bourbon documentary i saw with a distiller saying hey look enjoy it with ice without ice neat mixed whatever you know if it's bourbon and you like it enjoy it with friends that seems to be the the ironclad mantra. It is, and you know. And here's the one thing I will caution you, and anybody getting into this game, is be mindful of who's giving you the advice. It's usually people who are selling bourbon, and so however you drink it, they're selling more bourbon. You know? <laughs> right, so, exactly. So, like from my perspective, you know, I'm a, I'm a critic. You know, so I have a very different uh, philosophy. There is enjoyment time. Like if I'm at a baseball game, uh, I ain't drinking it neat. You know, I'm it's over ice. I might have it in a Coke. You know, okay. it very well could be. Right. But and it's also not going to be uh, Weller or Pappy or right. Old Fitzgerald or Doc Swinson. It's right. going to be something you know simple, real simple. Cool. Maybe makers. Maybe makers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, but if it's if it's a fine like really rare one. I really do think you should drink it neat before you make a decision on on how you treat it. Um, it's a fair point. And if you are, if you are buying a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle, you spent anywhere from five hundred to five thousand on it, and you put it with Coca Cola. No. You know, I mean, we're that, not judging, but you're doing it wrong. That's exactly right. right. And it's like if you go to something as ubiquitous as putting it in Coca Cola, do it with Jack Daniels. Um, and I'd also argue that Jack Daniels would be better than a Coca Cola than Pappy. Funny you should mention, Jack, I've noticed how here in Kentucky, all the places I've been with all the whiskeys and bourbons, you can't find Jack Daniels. <laughs> it's almost like Kentucky's got the big middle finger to Tennessee. And the irony is... Is, is, that, that, is that... Are we talking rivals big time? Well, you know, it's not so much a rivalry because Brown Foreman um, is parent... The parent company of Brown Foreman is here. Okay. It's Louisville. And they own, they own Jack, Jack Daniels. Daniels. And if it wasn't for Jack Daniels, you know, there's... Jack Daniels opens a lot of doors for bourbon and Kentucky bourbon. And it's like, um, 
the, the the retail side is basically just like what moves and jack daniels doesn't move here it just doesn't move here and i did a i picked a barrel for uh my music festival bourbon and beyond of jack daniels and it was one of the best jack daniels ever and they couldn't sell a bottle of it. Like really? our, our retail partner was Kroger. And like they called me up, like, "Hey man, we can't sell <laughs> we any can't of this Jack sell Daniels this stuff. That's crazy." <laughs> and Jack Daniels is whiskey. Yeah, so t- actually, technically, they're bourbon. They you are. Know? So they are technically bourbon, but they choose to call themselves Tennessee whiskey. And there is an actual state law of what Tennessee whiskey is in Tennessee. It does not have a federal definition. So when they apply, when we have a new uh, trade agreement with another country, they will. Uh, put it into the they will list out Tennessee whiskey as a straight bourbon with uh, previously you know charcoal mellowing process Interesting. so before it goes in a barrel it goes through like a charcoal mellowing drip wow so it really is a bourbon but they call themselves Tennessee whiskey correct yeah it, it starts it starts as a bourbon as they put it and the thing is is they don't deny it it, it is a marketing uh, separation okay so very good I like this the best Wow. And you know why I like this the best, Fred? I like the bottle the best. That is going to absolutely crush your spirit. That's where I'm at. I would buy this because of the silly bottle with Uh, the Stanley Cup. The Doc Swinson's is really good, but it looks like a plain wine bottle. I mean, come on. All the training I've put into this man. (laughs) I know, it's And and he says, I like it because of the bottle. (laughs) But the this, whiskey's good. What I need to do is I need... They do sell, like, secondary bottles you can pour your whiskey into mm-hmm. if you want to, right? Like a glass... What do they call that? Like a decanter? Yeah, like a decanter. Yep. Like a yep. matching set so you could even necessarily get your own logo on it if you wanted it. Sure, right? yep. And then, so I would get perhaps a Doc Swinson's, pour it into my decanter, and then I would tell people it's Doc Swinson's. Well... Now I have uncoupled the <laughs> bourbon from the bottle. In case there's any bottle prejudice, like I don't like the look of this bottle, stupid as it comes. But Love it. They're all good. I like them all, Fred. I really do. This decanter, though, you're saying that this decanter this is lovely as well. It's not. It's not edging the the Belfour. I don't know. It's it's nice. The label. I don't know. It it doesn't look like a super high class label. All right. I, I don't know. It's old. It's old school, though. I know. It. Well, that's true. It is old school, and it's bottled the, the, in the, bond. the sports connection. Though, is that maybe what puts it over the top for you that yeah. they got honestly, the Stanley Cup? Honestly, it's probably not the best uh, of the whiskeys I tasted. I would say the Old Fitzgerald is probably the one that I liked the best. Okay, how about that? So there, there you we go. go. So win-win, win-win. But uh, that's that's awesome. I, I guess kind of like in uh, as we kind of wrap up here, coming up on thirty minutes. Um, you your journey into the brown has been fun to watch and i feel like you're starting you're coming over to the other side now where you're about to spend a lot of money <laughs> are you are you keeping an eye on me yes. as a young jedi coming yes. along my journey so to speak in all the years you've known me and listened to me you reached out to me uh how many years ago it must have been 8 years ago yeah a long time ago to the national show yeah and i'll be honest i notice as i think about this I have gone from being mostly a captain and diet drinker, mm-hmm. and then I started getting some bourbons, and I would, yes, put them in Diet Coke, and that offended many people who emailed me when I once put on social media, here watching the game with a Knob Creek and diet, and people were like, oh my God, 
God, what are you doing? And I'm like, what? Did I do something wrong? And then I gradually got to the point where I would put my bourbon in a glass with some ice and I would leave it. I might have a little nip of Diet Coke on the side mm -hmm. as I'm watching a game, but I actually wouldn't want them to commingle in the same glass. And so that's progress. And maybe I'll get to the point where I drink it neat without ice, but I like ice and I don't mind it watering down the bourbon as the ice melts. That doesn't bother me. Right. But I know for those that want it cold but don't want it watered down, they sell the freezable rocks. Yeah, right? those those are lame. You think those are lame? Yeah, whiskey rocks are lame. Why? Uh, because they, you know, for for one thing, like I'm, you're, you're afraid of your hands getting mashed. I'm afraid of my chip, my my teeth getting chipped. Oh, so oh, like right. it's yeah. so like I just have this vision of like me clunking on a rock and like chipping a tooth. <laughs> so okay. so there's that, but 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 they don't really do anything, you know. Well, they make the whiskey cold. Well, there's a lot of ways you can make whiskey cold. You could put the bottle in the in the freezer for a bit. You could put the glass in the freezer. You could have Is that like frowned a upon glass. by oh. official aficionados. No, 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 not okay. at all. No. And what about the single big block of ice? One yeah. of my guys said he went and had an expensive dinner at a nice resort, mm -hmm. and they charged him three dollars for his giant cube of ice. The manpower it takes to create the clear giant cube of ice is a lot. I actually was a um, I was a spokesperson for a for an ice maker kit that created these these uh, these clear ice balls. Yeah. And the thing I think it, it was like a it was like five thousand dollars or something. Whoa. I mean, there's a lot of money that goes into making that little round ball. Well, that's and true. Now, I did do a Google search on how do you get clear ice cubes, and I quickly found out it's complicated and. There's nothing easy about it. No, there's nothing easy about the it. the way that ice freezes and the mm -hmm. air and the bubbles that are trapped in there and yep. how they radiate to the surface and then you got to do this. I've had guys email me saying they do it by freezing a big block of ice and then they cut it up with a saw, a, a precision saw that has the clear part and they throw away the part that's cloudy. Yeah. And there you go. That's the that's that's how I know you're going to the next step is because you're googling how to do clear ice. You exactly. and so uh, you know you're gonna you're gonna come to a point where you're like, I just spent how much on bourbon? I just did what? And then you're gonna be like, I have to start drinking this more so I can write it off, and then I have to have a sponsor so I can get free stuff, and you know, and it's uh, you go down the rabbit hole quick, my friend. The best thing about bourbon is I know when I have one. Mm. It relaxes me. It makes me happy. And the best part is, like you said at the top, it's best when you're having with friends. Amen to that. Great to have you on the show, man. Thank you, Fred. An honor. And, mm. of course, make sure you are checking him out on all the Zabe cast. And just look for his name, Steve Zabin. Tell everyone how to spell it. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. You as a military man knows those terms very well. Absolutely. The phonetic alphabet. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Vodka sucks. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of The Fred Minnick Show. Steve Zabin's a good friend, and I think he is an incredible media personality. He's done so much for me on the personal side in terms of, like, you know, just I've kind of, like, tried to, like, model some of my show after his. He's just such an interesting, great interviewer, and he's got such cool takes on things in life. So if you haven't, go check out the Zabecast. It's my favorite podcast that I listen to. And also check him out on all the social medias. If you like golf, if you like to uh, you know keep up in sports, 
He's a great follow. But that's going to do it for this week, folks. Uh, Be safe out there. No licking handrails, no licking trash cans. And remember, vodka sucks unless it's being used for hand sanitizer. Cheers, everybody. You've been listening to The Fred Minnick Show, brought to you by Michter's American Whiskeys and by 291 Colorado Whiskey. For more information on Fred's books, articles, and more, just go to fredminnick.com.